for our first topic, we need to get right to it because how are the top freight companies or freight tech companies treating digital marketing? Now, if you haven't been watching for the past couple of weeks, we first have broken down the top carriers and how they treat digital marketing. And then we also broke down the top freight brokers and how they treat digital marketing. So this week, we're going to kind of wrap it all up and we're going to talk about the freight tech companies. And the way that I'm going to think about this is the methodology behind this is that it's, it's challenging to to find these top companies that are you know doing a lot of really cool things. So basically, what we have to do is use the resources, use the list that are already out there. And one great list that's already out there that has been voted on by a lot of industry folks all across the com- all across the country is the 2022 Freightways Top 25 list of freight tech companies. Now, I believe voting is currently going on for this year's nominees, which will be announced at F3 come November. That's the Future of Freight Festival that's happening in Chattanooga in November. If you haven't got your tickets, that's going to be one of the must-attend events all uh, really out of the entire year. That's going to be a must-attend event. So voting, I think, is currently going on right now. If it's not, it will start soon. So, But this list, what we're going to be talking about is the list that was voted on last year. So it's the most recent list of data that we got. But what makes this kind of exciting is that these are the freight tech companies are arguably the companies that are going to treat digital marketing the most serious. So they're going to be the most invested in media marketing and their website because really like their survival sort of depends on it, getting that awareness out there, getting visitors to their site and getting those visitors to convert and turn into a prospect, turn into a lead, and then ultimately become a customer. So this is where we're really going to get sort of that that really good look at how digital marketing is really being treated by people who are highly focused in the technology space. But with all of that said, after doing this research, there are still so many gaps that need to be filled. And a lot of SMBs, a lot of small small to medium-sized businesses, even large businesses can take advantage of these gaps that are being missed all across different segments of the industry. So whether you're a carrier, 3PL, or a freight tech company, or a service provider, you're, you're bound to find some useful insight from this particular episode because it definitely applies to all segments. But specifically, I think it's more fun to look at the freight tech side of things because of that overall just greater importance on the media and and the marketing side of things. So with all that said, I am only one person. So don't come for me. If I make a mistake, slightly make a mistake, this is based on research that I'm doing as a one-person team managing a business on top of that and hosting this show. So uh, hopefully I didn't miss anything. I did you know, double and triple check to make sure I got a lot of these things right. But if you see something that maybe I have missed or think or have something that you think that I should know about, please send it my way. You can find all of my social media uh, accounts. You can you know email me. All of that is available on the Everything is Logistics domain. So everything is logistics.com. Go find me there. And you can send me these examples of freight marketing or just great marketing that you think that more companies should be implementing. So with all that said, let's talk about the elephant in the room and that a recession is here. And with marketing in particular, marketing for a lot of companies is a is an extra. It's not a main focus. And so when anytime that cost-cutting initiatives come into play, marketing is typically the first thing that is cut. Whether it's positions or whether it's ad spend or content marketing spend, there's probably going to be some budget cuts being made if they haven't been made already. 
And usually, I, I speak from experience, marketing is the first thing to go. That's why you see across this industry, not necessarily with freight tech, but that's why you see across this industry so many different marketers that are working as a one-person team. They're likely managing several other different roles within the organization and marketing is just kind of thrown at them. That was my experience. And that's continuously the experience that I see for a lot of marketers out there. But no matter what size business you're in, no matter what kind of team you're structured in, there are still ways to win online. And a lot of these things are going to become increasingly more important as staff strengths, as budget strengths. And until we find out where this sort of new normal is going to end up, then you should be looking at everything that you're doing in your marketing mix and in your tech stack in order to find those ways for the find the low-hanging fruit. So first, let's talk about some of the cooler things that I saw within the freight tech space. So we talked about that top 25 list, but let's talk about what happens whenever you're actually arriving on one of these websites within that top 25 list. And the most essential thing is to book a meeting. The book a meeting CTA. CTA stands for call to action. It's usually the button that appears in the upper right-hand corner of a website. Now, the reason that it appears in the upper right-hand corner of a website is that typically that first frame of a website that you see, that's called that hero section. You see a headline and then your eyes gaze to the right. This is, this is why websites are designed this way is that you read the headline, your eyes continue to gaze to the right and you see that main call to action. That's why it's placed there. But then you also have the situation where you read in a almost like a sideways triangle format where left to right, and then you go back over. And that's why you commonly will see a CT, another CTA below that headline text. So you read the headline first, and then you see the CTA. And then in case you didn't see it again, or in case there's another CTA that draws your attention more, it's going to be in one of those two places, 90 probably 90% of the time. So with the with keeping that in mind, all of these freight tech companies follow that f- follow that model as far as trying to get your attention. But there were a few of them that stood out to me and the first one I want to point out to is Project 44. You didn't even have to leave their homepage. Once you click on that button, if you're looking at the screen right now, you'll see that's that that's their hero section that is on the first thing that you see when you get to the project 44 website is that hero section now on the right hand side you'll see a large form that that is fills up the screen from top to bottom now that form immediately pops out as soon as you click on the the schedule a demo CTA that's in the upper right hand corner now this pops out and you don't even have to go to another page so that's what i like about this particular example is that they're making it stupid easy to in order for somebody to arrive to their site and then to get the main action completed of what Project 44 wants that user to do. So that's a really good example. The next example that I want to give is for Kites because their demo page takes it up a notch. So once you click on it, they take you to a brand new page. Now, if you're looking at this page, there is a very simple form that's on the left-hand side of the page. It asks for your first Ask for your full name, your business email, company name, phone number, and then additional comments. But on the right-hand side, they have a video that plays that covers some of the common questions or the common features that they get a lot of questions about within their platform. So if somebody is just browsing and they're not exactly sure if they want to book a meeting yet, they just kind of want to check around and poke around to see if this is the right solution for them, they have that video right there to answer any more of those concerns that a visitor 
visitor might have or questions that they might have before they actually set up a meeting. So that solution might be right for them or it might not be a good fit for them. But that video is going to help entice them either way in order to complete that form and then to set up that meeting. Now, if you have this option on your site, the next level that you could do is once the user does what you want them to do and actually fills out the form, that next step, I think, is one that we can optimize a little bit more. And a good example of that, we'll go back to Project 44 for a second because they have a really great thank you page that's on there. After you fill out a form, they let you know, hey, thank you. We're going re- you know, to reach out to you as soon as possible. But until then... Here is some relative content that we think that you will like. Now, you can do this in, in one of two ways. You can just sort of show like a FAQ article or a, you know, just a general overview article, but you could take it up a notch by in the, fir- in the field of the form that that person is filling out. They're likely going to fill out if they're a technology provider, if they're a 3PL, if they're a carrier, if they're, you know, some other, you know, version of the, in, in another industry segment then you can show them customized content depending on the type of segment that they fall into. So that's taking it up a notch. So it's kind of like setting up dependencies based on the kind of segment that that user falls into and then showing them the relevant content that could answer you know, additional questions and, and really optimizing that flow for getting the visitor to your site getting them to take the action that they want to take, and then so giving them information while they wait for the scheduling gaps. Because that's where I'm going to cover next. Because there is a little bit of a gap here, no matter what company. that I, Out of all the carriers and the brokers and the freight tech companies that I've looked at for these stories over the last few weeks, none of them are using calendar booking tools. And that, to me, is the biggest gap where a lot of companies can take advantage of today. Now, if you're thinking of like a, a your HubSpot calendar, if you're a HubSpot user, another solution is a, a tool like Calendy, where you have these built-in calendars and you can sync your sales team emails and your sales team calendars to this solution for like a hundred bucks a year and you save a considerable amount of money, but also you put the power in the user's hands that when they're arriving to your, their, your site and they've decided, hey, I want to have a meeting with you guys, you're removing that extra barrier of having to communicate back and forth of when is a good time to meet. Instead, that Calendy calendar or HubSpot calendar can then sync up the availability, the, the, the time that is in your calendar, in your company's calendar. It can sync it up to only show available times to that prospect that is on your website. So you can skip all of the back and forth, you know, what day, what time is good for you. And they can immediately book a meeting and they can get on the phone or they can get on a, you know, a quick Zoom and then have that conversation and they can do it on their own terms. And that's one less thing that they have to worry about. I cannot believe that more companies in the space are not doing this. It drives me crazy because this is an inefficient... This is the biggest inefficiency that I see online is the easiest to fix. And it's one of those things that it's most affordable too. It's just, I think, I, I, I don't know why more companies aren't doing this. Maybe it's a lack of knowledge. Maybe it's a lack of awareness. Or, or maybe it's just a matter of that they haven't just audited this flow in a long time. But that is a huge gap that the SMBs or even large businesses, really any, any, any business in any industry should be taking advantage of this because these tools are so advanced. Because everybody's working from home, these tools are much more uh, business friendly in order to, to help 
streamline a lot of these efforts. So that's one big gap that I see missing. Another big gap I see missing, and you have heard me talk about this on several different shows, is the field, how did you hear from, How did you hear about us? The how did you hear about us is the most important thing you need to be adding to your website to day. And the reason that you you want to do this is because it gives you so much more insight versus a, a typical attribution report. Now, for modern B2B buying habits, a lot of these attribution software platforms, so think about you know Marketo, uh, Sixth Sense, uh, HubSpot, a lot of them provide great intent data. But what they don't, where they're missing the mark and where it's not really trackable is to find out what is resonating the most with your audience. And you find out what's resonating the most by adding one field to your website forms, the conversion form, so your book a demo, book a meeting, add how did you hear about us, make it required and make it a free text field. Do not add any drop downs because that will influence what people select. A lot of times people, you know, will get lazy and they'll just pick whatever one from the random list that you have on that that you've listed on your website. Maybe there's some that are that they heard about you and it's not listed on your drop down. By making it a free text field, then you are able to put the power in the user's hands and then they can let you know exactly how they heard of you because I'll give you one example. My business, I, I publish multiple podcasts every single week. And on my lead reports, when I get them each week, when I look at my marketing software, when I look at maybe HubSpot or Google Analytics, the reports are telling me that Google search sent me leads to my site. So when a lead comes to my site and they're filling out that form, I'm getting on those marketing reports that Google organic search sent those visitors. And that's where I should technically invest more of my money. But on the how did you hear about us field, the users are overwhelmingly over 80% of the users that come to my website and submit a form are hearing about my company and hearing about me through the podcast. And so if I were to just listen to the attribution reports that big, you know, marketing tech software firms send me, then what I would do I would probably cut out the podcast altogether and then I would double down on Google search ads. But knowing that I have this information and I'm getting direct customer feedback, that's another instance where you have a situation where you're getting that clear answer from your customer. It's vastly different than what the hub, when you know some of these marketing software companies are going to tell you. And you're going to make the right investments because that's directly what your customers are telling you. So you use both, but you prioritize what is moving the needle by taking direct feedback from your customers. So that was missing on the overwhelming majority of forms that I've seen, especially in the entire industry. If you, I, There was one example where I saw that they did have this, but it was a drop down where you had to select you know, Instagram or LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, some of these other social media platforms. And that's fine, but it's not going to give you the real raw data that you're really going to use to make real business decisions about what's moving the needle. So a few other things that I want to get into really quick, you know, before we bring on our first guest with Jill, a few other cool things I saw, um, consider making it stupid easy for users to get to your website and then funnel those leads. A good example for this is Convoy, which is really stepped up. Side side note, we really stepped up their graphic design game. I, I talked to them over at the, the Freightways conference earlier this year, and they said that they have several graphic designers on staff, and you can tell in a lot of their branding. But if you're looking at this page, and it's a contact us page, you're going to fill out, you're going to choose whether you're a shipper, a carrier, or a broker. And what I like about this is that you're funneling whoever is trying to reach out to contact your company, you're funneling those leads 
into the appropriate source. Or maybe it's not a lead. Maybe it's it's, it's a, another example. You know, freight tech space um, is not a lead. Maybe it's a, a someone just reaching out for customer service, um, some other kind of need. But at least this way, you are funneling those leads and those customer inquiries into the right place. Another one that I want to give a shout out to is Flexport. They have their blog and their social media strategy is great. They recently released uh, released like a top uh, 55 like supply chain influencers to follow. And what this does is that this helps kind of stroke the ego a little bit of some of the other influencers in the space. So a lot of those influencers see this, they, you know, they, they get really happy, they get really proud, and then they share that with their audience. And so using a strategy like this, really anyone in this industry can do this by creating a top, you know, maybe a 10 drivers to follow or to subscribe to on YouTube or a top 20 shippers to follow on LinkedIn. This is a similar strategy that anyone can replicate. And what it does is it brings awareness, it brings eyeballs to your brand and your solution. So that's another really good one in order to, to you know, I guess, pay attention to or maybe implement into your strategy. And then another one, is truckstop.com. As soon as you arrive to their, their website, they kind of punch you in the face like right away with their pricing. And so at truckstop.com, they're letting you know right away, like this is our pricing. And if you want to continue learning more about us, then let's do it. But here is where we're... This is where we stand. Now, 3PLs and carriers, you can't do this unless you're, I guess, a tech-enabled 3PL. But on the flip side, if you're a service provider, if you're a solution provider, then this is a great way to put your pricing front and center so you're not wasting your time getting on meetings with people who can't afford your solution. Now, all of that to say is that as a one-person marketer, how can you use this information? Well, the first one is the book a meeting function should be prominent and you should audit that flow regularly to make sure that those visitors are not only arriving to your site, but then they're being followed up with should they answer that or should they fill out a form in order to get in contact with you. That's where a lot of gaps... It sounds like an easy thing to, to, to make sure that it works right, but you have to audit this on a regular basis to make sure that those leads are being followed up with. And then uh, for God's sakes... Add the how did you hear about us to your forms. It is single-handedly the most important investment you can make in your website. It can be done in as little as an hour, probably less than that. And it can be done for under 100 bucks. It shouldn't cost more than that. Now, use all of this information that I've sort of broken down for you today to audit what your current marketing budget looks like, to audit what tech you're purchasing and why you're using it. And if it can be supplemented with another tool or with a tool that you maybe already have, trim that budget, focus on what works, because then you can trim the fat from the budget and then you can double down on what is actually working. So hopefully all of those tips prove valuable to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. 
The website also includes some links to our social media accounts along with my products and services in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.